Expanding access to medical marijuana, advocates are pushing for it in the upcoming legislative session. We look closer at the issue and the obstacles ahead. Migrants seeking asylum in our country are arriving in cities across the U.S., and it can be a struggle to keep them from ending up on the streets. How it's putting new pressure on volunteers in one city far from the border. Brutal cold is coming, but first, we've got some rain on the way. We'll track that and just how low temperatures get just before Christmas. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. Cities all along the southern border are preparing for a new surge of migrant crossings as Title 42 restrictions are scheduled to expire on Wednesday. In El Paso, the numbers are already at a crisis level. That led the mayor there to declare a state of emergency. Lifting Title 42 could increase migrants coming across the border from 2,500 per day to as high as 6,000 a day. Under the state of emergency, El Paso city leaders are calling on the state for help with staffing, law enforcement, and transportation to take migrants to other cities. We ask for support in staffing, staffing for both feeding and housing of migrants and those needing shelter. The difficulty with outside of a declaration that we were, we were told is they couldn't provide services they weren't already funding until we had that declaration. The struggle to find shelter for migrants is acute in El Paso, but other cities far from the border have declared states of emergency as well due to growing numbers of asylum seekers arriving. Denver's mayor declared a state of emergency earlier this week in a move to recruit more resources. The city opened several emergency shelters as the number of migrants grows. The mayor is also calling on nonprofits to help. Luis De Leon has details. Yeah, because we can put some of this stuff on Christmas bags. A helping hand. Make it just a little easier. Comes in different ways. Thankfully. All these gifts. Um, there should be about 100. Andrea Loya of Casa de Paz says we'll go to the families that have been arriving in Denver from the southern border. You know, they're just starting, so there's no way that they're going to have, like, a big Christmas or kids. And the nonprofit has helped Spanish-speaking families for years, but not in the scenario that Denver is facing. You see, Casa de Paz's main focus is to help those released from the ICE detention facility in Aurora and give them a safe space to figure out what to do next. But when the call came to help in overwhelmed city... I want to uh, reiterate our call to the nonprofit business and faith communities to help with additional support. That one's, that one's fine, yeah. Casa de Paz and others answered. We really wanted to just kind of provide some of the knowledge and the way that we've ran this for 10 years. Providing things like food, coats, backpacks, and their own volunteers. But Loya says it can be hard to balance the work that they're already doing with this new call for help and all the resources it needs. I do think there was ways that we could have gotten ahead of it um, because CASA does this all the time. We just do it in small numbers. But there are organizations um, like us and the other ones that we partner with that know what they're doing. but. We also run on all, a limited amount of resources. That does shift kind of how we have to adjust to that. Hoping that adjustment ends in successfully helping those in search of a better life. So I think it takes more than Denver to, to do something. And that was Luis De Leon reporting. In September, Loya's group helped house a family who unexpectedly arrived at Denver's Red Cross office. That family had started its journey in Venezuela. The charitable group is still looking for more help to find housing as more families arrive in Denver. 
First Warning Weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Well, a little bit of sunshine early this morning, then the clouds rolled in, and here we are, gray in northwest Austin at the Palms Car Wash. After tomorrow's rain, by the way, we've got some great car washing weather ahead. These are the low temperatures this morning, a widespread freeze for just about everyone, including in Austin at Camp Mabry, getting down to 31. But look at all the 20s we started with earlier this morning in the Hill Country. We rebounded into the low to mid 50s, which is where we are right now. And tonight is not going to be nearly as cold as last night, thanks to all the clouds in place, kind of locking in at least some of the warmth of the day. If you're going to the trail of lights here tonight, low 50s turn into upper 40s as we continue a mostly, if not completely cloudy sky, but we stay dry this evening. However, we've got rain on the way for most of us tomorrow. We'll track when it arrives and how much we expect ahead of an Arctic blast arriving Thursday. The potential is there for spending more than 24 hours below freezing. I'll highlight the changes in the expected cold in first warning weather. Two people are dead after an early morning crash in South Austin. A motorcycle and a vehicle collided. It happened around 2.45 this morning in the 500 block of Ben White. Medics declared one person dead shortly after they arrived. They did attempt CPR on a second person, but that person also died. Now these deaths happened less than a mile from a deadly crash early yesterday morning. That crash happened when a driver hit a concrete barrier at the East Ben White and South Congress Avenue. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is calling on the Federal Drug Administration to investigate why there are shortages of some over-the-counter medicines for children. With cases of COVID-19, the flu and RSV surging across the country, some parents are finding it difficult to find acetaminophen, ibuprofen and other medicines to help alleviate their children's symptoms. Schumer says those three illnesses are taking a toll on the supply chain. He held a press conference today in New York City this morning to address the issue. The bottom line is that kids should not have medications like Tylenol or Motrin or Robitussin on their Christmas lists. They should have much better things than that. Schumer is calling on the FDA to investigate and take actions to reduce those shortages. Central Texas doctors say most children hospitalized from a rare post-COVID illness have no long-term complications. Dell Children's Medical Center has been part of an international study analyzing multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, or MISC. Doctors say 20 children from Central Texas have been part of that study. They were diagnosed with MISC between June of last year to this past January. Doctors say the study, which includes 1,200 children across the U.S. and Canada, has already impacted treatment and outcomes. We were able to change our treatment protocol. We became much sharper in, a, in diagnosing these and treating them very quickly. Um, in Europe and in New York, where COVID hit first, these patients unfortunately had worse outcomes initially because we did not know how to treat it. During the pandemic, doctors at Dell Children's treated close to 100 cases and had one death. As of this past week, there are no kids with MISC at the hospital. For a closer look at statewide data, head to KXAN.com and click on this story. Well, it was a celebration of life well lived, remembering an activist who pushed for equal rights in Texas. Shooty Fath died Friday at the age of 106. Today, loved ones and friends gathered to honor the memory of the Austin woman who did so much to make her community better. 
Fath fought for equal pay in Texas. In 1980, she took a lawsuit to the Texas Employment Commission and won, becoming the first woman to win a sex discrimination case in the state. She also served on the Electric Utility Commission and the Save Barton's Creek Association. Her daughter says Fath started out as an activist in the 80s when she heard the city was considering moving a fire station across some railroad tracks. She worried the fire trucks could get stuck waiting on a train. She got her thoughts together and put them on paper and got dressed up and went down to the Austin City Council and they made uh, a motion that they were not going to move the Kenny Avenue fire station and it's still here today. Fath was inducted into the Austin Women's Hall of Fame in 2012 and in 2020 KXAN highlighted her as part of the Remarkable Women contest. Medical marijuana is available for some patients in Texas, but some activists say that's not enough. Why they're pushing lawmakers to expand access in the coming session. And later, a tough day for Cowboys fans. We'll look at what went wrong in their quest to clinch a playoff spot. With less than a month to the start of the upcoming legislative session, advocates are wondering if Texas will expand medical marijuana access. Many are not hopeful, which is why some, for now, are focusing on improving the existing program. Monica Madden introduces us to a veteran fighting for expansion in access. It's greatly improved my life. Air Force vet Jeff Young knows the benefits of medical cannabis. To treat anxiety, PTSD, and mild autism. But he says accessing it is not easy in Texas. This is the only state with no formal large-scale access. The legislation and the laws are already there. We just need more access to what's been approved. The Compassionate Youth Program, also known as TCUP, falls under the Department of Public Safety. Young says right now it isn't meeting the demand of Texas patients. PS so that they could issue those licenses at any time, increase competition, lower the cost burden on the patients, and increase supply to the market. So, At a recent DPS commission meeting, leaders say they're opening up applications for more licensees in mid-January. Be our intent to act immediately on those applications since that would put us square in the middle of the legislative session. There are people already waiting weeks, if not months, to get their medication. At the start of 2021, Texas had about 4,000 users and 263 approved physicians who could prescribe it. Both of those numbers have grown. As of October this year, nearly 39,000 patients and 643 doctors. Let the legislative session at least begin and see um, what momentum there may be. But Young worries as long as teacup doesn't meet current demand, Texans will look elsewhere for medical cannabis. It comes down to accepting that it's already here. The bottom line is it feeds the black market. Monica Madden. KXAN News. It was cold this morning everywhere. It was record cold at the airport. We got down to 22. The record of 23 set back three years ago uh, was broken here this morning. We'll show you some even colder nights ahead and very chilly days in first morning weather. And this is a live look now. Tonight marks the start of Hanukkah, and Chabad of South Austin is holding a celebration. They just lit the menorah that you see there. It's at the South Austin Recreation Center. They're promising latkes, donuts, and dreidels, among other holiday fun. Tomorrow marks the lighting of the menorah outside the state capitol. Governor Greg Abbott will be on hand for that event. And Hanukkah starts at 
sundown. When does mm -hmm. that happen today? That's at 5.33 now. We've actually gained three minutes of evening daylight since last we? weekend. Uh, but our mornings are still getting a little bit darker. Yeah, so just a few minutes after our newscast wraps up is the official beginning of Hanukkah. Nice, yeah. And it's a gray beginning of Hanukkah here this evening. Let's uh, take you out to... Southeast Austin, our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies camera there. It's 52 degrees and cloudy. Hey, if you were up a bit this morning, you didn't sleep in too much. You saw the sun and then it disappeared uh, behind these clouds. And it's going to be pretty gray here for the next few days. A couple things. we got a trough to the west of us and a developing area of low pressure to the south. That's going to pull in some rain for most of central Texas during the day here tomorrow. We're not expecting huge rainfall amounts, but anything we get is beneficial. You see the gray sky as we take you through tonight. I'm not expecting any showers until at the earliest, just after midnight, say one, two in the morning, a few spotty showers. But by the time the morning commute is underway or getting underway here, seven o'clock, fairly widespread rain. In fact, the wettest part of the day tomorrow, kind of lining up with that morning commute. So an early heads up that if you are going into work tomorrow, I know many have the week off, that things look a little wet and potentially slow. There's going to be several rounds of showers tomorrow morning through about the middle of the day, and then the rain starts to taper off here tomorrow afternoon, and they may even be a little bit of late day sunshine in the hill country here tomorrow, and then we dry out as we head into tomorrow night. Rainfall amounts, nothing too high, between a tenth and a half an inch for most of the metro, half an inch to an inch in our eastern counties. By far the fewest rain showers and the lowest rainfall amounts will be in the hill country where you'll be lucky to get a tenth of an inch of rain. In fact, some of you not going to get any rain at all in the hill country. We think about 70% of central Texas gets measurable rain, most of that falling in the metro and our eastern counties. Just a high of 49 tomorrow makes it a chilly rain, but it should be falling all as rain. Then our attention starts to turn to some major cold, the coldest air since February coming our way. This is Wednesday. This is where that brutally cold air sits Wednesday afternoon, but a cold front really drags it down through the center of the country so that by Thursday morning, it's uh, knocking on the door of the Texas Panhandle, and by Thursday afternoon, it arrives here in central Texas and then starts to spread eastward. This is going to bring us the coldest high temperatures since February and the coldest lows as well. There's the arrival of that front Thursday morning. 49, a morning high temperature Thursday, but the temperature is dropping through the day. I've lowered our high temperature on Friday to 33 in Austin. That means some areas are going to be colder than that. That means you may not make it above freezing the entire day on Friday before temperatures start to warm only slightly here for Saturday. Our low temperatures are going to be cold as well. We expect lows Friday morning in the teens and the wind chills 20s and teens Thursday night. Single digits, if not below zero to begin the day on Friday. Friday is going to be a sunny day, but it is going to be cold throughout. Don't forget the four P's, pets, pipes, plants, and people here as we head into the chilliest air we've had in months here later in the week. Look at our first warning weather seven-day forecast. Then you see the temperatures do start to climb as we head into next weekend. And for Christmas Day, 47 and sunshine. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Great start. Rough ending for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys took on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Florida today. Pick it up in the second quarter. As I said, good start for the Cowboys. Jack Prescott finding Peyton Hendershot for the touchdown to make it 14-0 Dallas. Later the th third, though, here comes the Jaguars. Cowboys up 10. Trevor Lawrence to Marvin Jones Jr., 27-24. to 
Jaguars closing the gap. Then in the fourth quarter, third and goal, Trevor Lawrence touchdown passes. Day Jones would give the Jaguars the lead, 31 to 27. A little later though, Dak Prescott flushed out of the pocket, finds Noah Brown for the touchdown, 34 to 31. Cowboys final seconds though, Jaguars with a chance. Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones for 19 yards gets it down to the 30-yard line. And that would set up Riley Patterson for the field goal as time expires to tie the game at 34. So we're going overtime. Cowboys defense gets a stop, so the Cowboys have a chance to win if they score. Dak Prescott, his pass gets tipped, intercepted, and Rayshon Jenkins returns it the other way for a touchdown. Jaguars win it with that NOT 40-34. Cowboys could have clinched a playoff spot, but that was put on hold today. So the Cowboys dropped to 10 and 4. Houston Texans fought the good fight but came up short in Houston. Jarek McKinnon scores on a 26-yard run in overtime to give the Chiefs the 30 to 24 win. Texans still winless at home, 112 and 1 overall. All right. So the Texans will head to Nashville to play the Titans. That game will start at noon next Sunday. The Cowboys have the division leading Philadelphia Eagles on tap on Sunday at 325. Texas basketball in action in Dallas today. We've got highlights from the women and the men when sports continues. Keep it here. Texas back on the court after what has certainly been a tough week. They took on Stanford, second game for the Longhorns under the helm of Rodney Terry, who takes over while Chris Beard is suspended for his arrest on domestic violence charges. Texas had a double-digit lead, but Stanford came back. Michael O'Connell makes the layup plus the foul to make it a four-point game. Marcus Carr, however, will respond with a turnaround jumper to put Texas back up by six. A couple minutes later, Carr feeding it over to Timmy Allen for the tough layup. 15 points for Allen on the day. Marcus Carr, another tough jumper in the corner. He led the way with 17 points for Texas. Stanford trying to stay in it, though. Michael O'Connell dishing it over to Michael Jones, but Timmy Allen with the big block, and that would seal the deal. Longhorns win 72-62. They improved to 9-1 on the season. The women took on USC right after that in Dallas. Second quarter, Texas up four. Shaley Gonzalez drives in for the nice bucket right there off the glass. Second half fast break now. Rory Harmon to Gonzalez for three. It is good. She led Texas with 22. Texas up by 10 now in transition after a bad pass from USC. Rory Harmon over to Deanna Gaston. Gaston scores. She had 16 points. Texas wins 62-48. to 48. Volleyball. Texas' dominant season was capped by a national championship. The Longhorns swept Louisville in the title game last night. And Longhorns only lost two sets the entire NCAA tournament. Now they get to celebrate this victory for life. First championship for the program in 10 years. It just is like, like Jarrett said, the biggest sigh of relief and it's like all of our hard work has amounted to something incredible and being able to do that for Logan in her last year and just, this is a surreal moment. Like there's literally no words I can describe how we feel right now, but I'm just so proud of everyone in our staff, on our team that has put in all the hours together and we've just really created an amazing culture here and we were able to go and pull it out in an incredible way. All right, football, Texas senior linebacker DeMarvion Overshone announced today on social media that he is opting out of the Alamo Bowl and will enter the NFL draft. Also didn't have enough time for it, but Argentina wins the World Cup over France by beating them 4-2 in penalty kicks. France's Kylian Mbappe with the first World Cup final hat trick since 1966 in defeat. That's it for sports. We're back after this. 
So I showed the high temperature forecast, but look at Friday morning's low of 17 and then 19 on Saturday. Just frigid stuff. Here's a look at that full first warning weather seven day forecast. Only one day of rain and then the story is the cold. And hey, Mike, I threw in those uh, icons for the holidays for next weekend. I can't believe I forgot that before, but they're on <laughs> you there You forgot it before? So I didn't even notice. If you've not said anything, happen. I never would have noticed. Well, now you know. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We hope to see you back here after football. Have a great evening.